Hello, I'm Stephen Groom. Welcome to Let God Speak. This week's lesson, we'll evaluate different views on death and dying from groups like the Sadducees of Jesus' time and the Thessalonians who were around during Paul's ministry. We'll also look at some popular yet controversial beliefs that are still around today. Please join us as we measure these teachings by God's Word. On our panel today, we have Alan Fisher and John Cosmeyer. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And before we start, let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord, please help our audience and ourselves to understand the New Testament hope for life after death from your word today. As we have seen so far in the previous lessons, the teaching of the resurrection is very clear in the Bible. In John 5, 28 and 29, it clearly says that um, the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his, that is God's voice, and shall come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So clearly we see the Bible speaks of two resurrections and the first I'm sure everyone wants to be involved in the first resurrection of life but not all believe in the resurrection from the grave especially including during Jesus ministry on earth for instance in Acts uh, 23 8 it speaks about a sect of Jews called the Sadducees who didn't believe in a resurrection from the dead this means for them there was no life beyond the grave. So my first question for you, John, is can a Christian have joy in this sort of doctrine of the, Pharise of the Sadducees? Not at all, really. Even Paul acknowledged that when he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and verse 19, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. Now, in the King James Version, it, it says that we would be men or persons most miserable. Yes. And that's not the way for us to live. No. And so the, the joy for a Christian is, involves uh, the total message of a resurrection of eternal life and all the promises in the Bible involved with that. But do we see a difference in mindsets, Alan, between those who believe in a resurrection and those who do not? What sort of mindset um, do people have who limit their hope to this life? Well, it makes them life very hard for them. Life's hard enough, but it's even worse if there's no hope of anything beyond our short existence here. Um, some secular writers have commented about the meaninglessness of life. Since we're not only all going to die, but we live with the realisation that we're going to die. 
And this realization makes the whole idea of life just hard and null, null and void in itself. One thinker referred to humans as nothing but hunks of spoiling flesh on disintegrating bones. Now Paul spoke about this in 1 Corinthians 15.32. He referred to the mindset of those who don't believe in a life beyond the grave. He said, if the dead do not rise, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And that's the um, thinking that most people have in this world today. Just this is life's all there is. So make the most of it and enjoy it. So Live it up. in a, a modern version, like 21st century, we would say that mindset, they like to party. Is that right? Someone yeah, who lives it. for this world. What other point, important point did Paul um, have to say in 1 Corinthians 15 about the Sadducees' non-belief in the resurrection, John? In verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Now, if that is the case, there are all kinds of implications because Jesus... Having risen from the dead, that was taught. How, how do we know that Christ rose from the dead? Were there witnesses? Well, this is where the Sadducees, that can't happen. Well, if that can't happen, then Christ did not tell the truth. And those who said that he was resurrected, they did also not tell the truth. And what hope do we have if there is no resurrection yes. of Christ? Because then we are not raised. And, and when you... When you read some more verses here of verse 15 and, and beyond, yes, and we have found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. In, in fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith, and I'm going to add, and my faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ, they've all perished. So that the, the sleep in Christ is another term for the dead, isn't it? Absolutely. Died, yes. And so if you deny the resurrection, what is the point of being a Christian? Yes. So just enjoy life. Yeah. As much as you can. Thanks for that. Well, Steve, with Christ, you enjoy life anyway. You do? So, okay. You know, you win both ways. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, also, let's move on a bit from, from Jesus' time. In the first century, there was a group of people in Thessalonica who believed, like the Sadducees, that there was only hope for those who were alive at Jesus' second coming. And indeed, they thought Jesus was coming back very soon. But slowly... Um, people in that community began to die and they thought there was no hope for those believers who were, who were uh, dying. Um, how did the Apostle Paul respond to the Thessalonians regarding this belief, Alan? Well, Paul's answer to this is in 1 Thessalonians 4 and we'll read verses 13 to 17. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, 
Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Now this is where he really answers it. For this, is, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And so this makes it clear that the um, Jesus is going to raise the righteous dead. And it's not limited to only those who are alive when he comes, but the dead will be raised and taken to heaven as will the living. Yes, and, and John chapter 5 we looked at before, there was another resurrection for those who have done evil. And what we're looking at here doesn't involve them, does it, them, does it Alan? They're wicked. That's a separate That's a separate thing, it? yes. Yeah. Staying in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 14, it says that if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who are asleep. Um, there are some... Uh, some Christians interpret this passage to mean that the sleeping ones will be brought with Christ from heaven, which involves somehow that the spirits go to heaven when you die because then Jesus will bring the spirits back to earth. How would you respond to this, John? That's not what Paul said, and it's not what the Bible said. Because let's just look again where it says, Verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede, and that in simple English is go before those who are asleep. Now that's an interesting comment because when you look at the Martin, it says those that have died. So people who have died, it's as if they are asleep. Yes. And this is where... When Jesus comes, he wakes them out of sleep and then takes them with him yes. to where he is. And we're going to come to some verses about that later on. And so here, Paul is making it very clear that, look, you don't have to worry because those people that have already fallen asleep or have died, they're going to go with you, with Jesus, to, uh, to heaven. Yes. What a... What a wonderful belief. Yes. And this is part of the Bible that I really love because this gives us hope, not only for this life, but also for the life to come. come. And so those who believe that Jesus is going to bring people down with them don't really understand the state of death that we've already covered in previous programs, mm. that death is asleep. In fact, in some cases, it's the opposite way to what people believe. They believe that the saints are going to come down with Christ when the Bible says no. He's coming down to take them up with him. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, let's go to 1 Corinthians um, 15. Um, back to 1 Corinthians 15. It says that for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Is Paul teaching a universal salvation for everyone here um, Alan, and if all will be resurrected, as this seems to say, then 
therefore all will be saved. So can we relax in this idea? Well, what Paul told was, said was the truth, but there's more to it than that. Because if we go back to um, John, this is the text you read previously. It says, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. So that goes along with what Paul said, all will be made alive. It said, all in the graves will hear his voice. And verse 29, and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So there's two resurrections, one for eternal life and one for condemnation. Um, John, again, over in 1 John, says this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So it's telling us that only those who have a relationship with Christ, those who have Christ that will be given eternal life. There's no eternal life apart from that. Yes. So the wicked receive a temporary life, is that right? but they won't receive eternal life. Yeah, the resurrection of condemnation. Okay. Thank you for that. So many Christians today believe that while our, our body dies and goes to the ground, uh, a, a living entity that is a separate part, that is our spirit, goes to heaven at death. I know we've sort of covered this a little bit, John, but it's an important point. Um, can you tell us more thoroughly? Is this true? When you go to the book of Hebrews, which was also written by the Apostle Paul, and you go to chapter 11, here they name a whole group of people that were back in history. And amongst that is verse 35, it says, Women received their dead, raised to life again when Jesus was on earth. Here was a woman going to bury her son when Jesus came along and raised him from the dead. Yes. So here you have a resurrection take. Why, why bring him down from heaven? In a perfect world. In a perfect world to be brought back to his mother again where he's going to say, hmm. And so that understanding of what happens when you die, it just does not make sense. In fact, it goes on to say now other women were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And that's a resurrection that's going to happen when Jesus comes and then we'll all be raised from the dead and go with Christ. And so um, in the book of Hebrews, we have the same teaching again, that it will be when Jesus comes that we will have the fulfilment of what we hope for in this life. That does not happen at death. Yes. That happens at the resurrection. Yeah. Thank you for that. And when, and when the, um, it talks about the better resurrection, and we refer to John chapter 5, um, the better resurrection would be the resurrection to eternal life rather than the resurrection to condemnation, which would be at another time. And uh, thanks for that. Moving on to... John chapter 6, the Gospel of John and verses 26 to 51. Um, John highlighted, oh sorry, Jesus speaking here, recorded by John. He
he highlighted three important points that highlights our need to connect ourselves to Jesus um, to receive eternal life. What is the first point, Alan? Well, in verse 33, Jesus identifies himself as the, the bread of life. He says, um, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now, it's interesting, if we look at verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. And I understand that in the Greek, for I am is ego I me. And this is an expression of deity. If we go back to the Old Testament, let's look at um, Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. Good to have a uh, language expert among, on it. <laughs> Exodus chapter 3, and we look to verse 14, when Moses asked, who would he say had sent him to the people of Israel? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And so when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, he was presenting himself as the great I am of the Old Testament, the one who addressed Moses. Thank you for that. So, and, and then John brings out another point in chapter 6. Can, what is that second point, John? Yeah, the second point is that we need to come to Jesus. Here he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. And so waiting for Jesus to come, we need to come to him. Yes. And then at the first resurrection, those of us who are still alive at that time, we are already with Christ living here. And so the appeal is come to Jesus because in him, that is where you have life. Thank you. And that's in uh, John 6, verse 35. And, And the third point there, Alan? Well, there in John 6 again, Jesus linked the gift of immortality with the final resurrection. It's interesting in this chapter, he mentions it three times. In verse 40, he says, How everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And then down in verse 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And again over here on page And um, verse 54, he speaks of this again. I will raise him up at the last day. So he clearly linked eternal life with the final resurrection. Thanks for that, Alan. And so here we say that we see that Jesus um, is a source of eternal life here and that uh, we need to believe in Jesus as our Lord and Saviour to receive the gift of eternal life at the resurrection, the last day. Is that right? So our gift of eternal life is at that last day. It's interesting that when you read this chapter here, that it is mentioned six times that I will raise him up at the last day. So it doesn't mean that if you believe in Jesus now that you're not going to die through an accident or age or whatever, But it means that you believe in Jesus and even if you die now, you have the assurance from Christ that if you believe in me, you will have life. And this is where 
the first resurrection will take care of those who have died. They will be raised from the dead and they will be with Christ. What a wonderful promise. Absolutely. If we believe in Jesus now, we may have the assurance of eternal life now, uh, though in temporary. How does this wonderful uh, promise help you, Alan, deal with this painful present reality of life here and now? Well, it helps us know that this life isn't all there is. Like we've got lots of pains and troubles and hardships and so on in this life, but we can look forward to a wonderful eternal life. This life is only a practice run, as it, is, as it were. So if, if we can have this hope of eternal life now, what should be our attitude and focus in the light of this information, John? It's best expressed in a hymn, which says, moment by moment, I'm kept in his love. And this is where we live with Jesus and he lives with us all the time. Yes. And so while people think that God is a long way away, in actual fact, when we believe in his word and we accept, then he is with us moment by moment. Yes. And, and so should we just read the Bible once and then that's it, like a normal book? The Bible is something we should be continually. It's a it's a way of connecting with Jesus and receiving power, isn't it? And also as his prayer. This is his book. It's his story. Yes. And so to live with and to learn about Christ, go to the scriptures and there you'll find it, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. What a blessing. Thank you. And many people, we long for the second coming and, and being with Jesus again and getting away from this world. Um, why has it been so long? Um, what is Jesus doing now? Or has he been doing for the last 2000 years since he went away? Uh, Alan. Well, he's um, preparing a place for us before he returns. He's in heaven now preparing for us. In fact, in John 14, verses 1 to 3. Yes. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe. Uh, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And this fits in exactly with what we've been talking about. Yes. So, yes, um, we can have the hope, can't we? Even if we die, it doesn't matter. And, and let me read from 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, that is, die, the first death, but we shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Um, what do many people mistakenly think that the mystery is that Paul is speaking about here, John? Well, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. Now, when you have a look in the margin of the Bible, it's hidden truth. Hidden truth. Hidden truth. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And this is the resurrection that takes place. Some people believe that here they have before Jesus comes a period of, of time. It, it's called the secret rapture. Secret rapture. But 
It's where people secretly are taken away to heaven. Yes. And you don't see it. And, right? and, and this is, that's not what happens at all. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd have a bit of chaos on earth. Um, but when Jesus comes, we will see him and we shall be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. And what a wonderful time that will be, because at last the battles of this earth are over and we have the coming of Jesus that uh, takes us into the reality of the kingdom. Yes. And this secret rapture theory was made very popular by a, a 16 uh, volume best-selling Left Behind series um, turned into four movies. And, and a lot of people were influenced by these movies, including Christians, um, promoted this teaching, exposing many people to it. And, and they believed it. However, is there biblical evidence behind this teaching? No, Alan? no biblical evidence. Yeah. So what is the mystery here, John? Can you give us a clear, uh, what is he speaking about in John 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one? What Paul is doing here is explaining to the Corinthians that death is not the end. That you are living toward a Jesus who is coming and to be ready. Yes. And, and this is... That's mid- so important, what, isn't it? What, a, what is, appears to be a, um, a mystery is actually not a mystery because once you know what happens at the resurrection, then it doesn't matter if it happens now or if it happens in the future. Yes. So it's no mystery for those who, have, who know the... The Bible teaching, the solid Bible teaching on this subject of the state of the dead mm. and the hope of the Christian in, in Christ's second coming and the resurrection from the, from the grave. Um, also in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty two, it states that when he comes, we shall be changed. And in what way does the Bible say that we shall be changed, John? We'll still look the same, won't we? How shall we be changed? Well, I hope not. I think... Uh a few improvements could be made. Glasses could be thrown away, false teeth, you know, whatever you've got stuck around your heart and all that sort of thing. But look, here in, in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 31, he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. And so this will affect all of us and we will be changed. This mortal puts on immortality. This corruptible will put on incorruption. Thank you. So we will have an immortal body that will prepare us for eternity. Thank you, gentlemen. That's all we have time for today. The New Testament hope for humanity is a Christ-centered hope, just like the Old Testament. Jesus Christ is, first of all, a savior from sin during this life. And when he returns again the second time, as he promised, will save us from death unto eternal life. This New Testament hope in Jesus Christ means everything to Christians and it can mean everything to you too. If you haven't already, why don't you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour and have the assurance of eternal life now that will be given to you at Jesus' soon return. We're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. If you want to watch this or any of the past programs, they can be found on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. 
Um, do join us again. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.